it's like getting the rise of the resistance. You know, you got to refresh, refresh, and then click join group. <laughs> Although Nassau is nowhere, Nassau is nowhere near as exciting as rise of the resistance, but yes, keep going. <laughs> but, but does the ride break down as much? You know, does it break down? <laughs> I mean, Nassau could be as exciting as rise of the resistance. It depends on what you do. <laughs> <laughs> DCL Duo fans, before we dive into today's bonus episode, I just wanted to say that we are planning to do a question and answer style, ask me anything bonus episode here in a few weeks. But to do that, we need questions from you. So if you have a question for us about Disney cruising, the show, us personally, we want to hear from you. So send us your questions, either connect with us on social media and private message us those questions. Shoot us an email to dclduo at gmail.com with your questions, or if you want, you can record a little audio note to us and attach it to an email to dclduo at gmail.com and we will play it on the air. So send us those questions. We'd love to do this Q&A show, but we got to have your questions to do it. So send those questions to us. And now on to our episode. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast. And we are joined this evening by a friend we have made out in the social media sphere and someone i got to meet on board my sailing i did on the fantasy sam was not there so i got i got to meet uh this person on board the fantasy and we struck up a conversation and he has recently come back from the first revenue sailing aboard the magic out of miami and we wanted to have him on to talk about what's a little bit different what's the same and so we start by welcoming ed to the show welcome ed hey y'all thanks for having me i'm really happy to be here yeah we're excited to chat with you and as brian said i'm excited i was excited to meet you over audio, of course, not in person, because Brian got to meet you on his Sailing on the Fantasy with Chad back in September. Listeners out there may be excited to hear your voice on a bonus episode, Sam, because that's a rarity. So uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> thank you for taking the time to join our show today. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ed, we, we're here to learn more about you and less about ourselves. So I would love to give folks your Disney background, in particular, your cruising experience with Disney, just to help folks orient themselves into uh, the discussion we'll have on the bonus show. So, so Ed, you want to share your Disney cruising background and any Disney background? Yeah, definitely. So I've been going to Disney World multiple times a year since I was a baby. And then I started Disney cruising in 2009. You know, I've been on a few um, other cruise lines previous to that. But first Disney cruise was on the Wonder in 2009. And then that kind of started the addiction, as you know. And I have just completed my 10th Disney cruise just recently aboard the Disney Magic. So now I'm in the Platinum Club. You know, yeah, I've been on all four ships. The magic is my favorite ship, I have to say. Nice. I've been fortunate enough to have been on the dream, the fantasy and the magic since the restart. Almost a a grand slam. If you could find your way to the wonder for a a quick cruise here, you'd be probably one of the lucky few in 2021 who managed to do a grand slam on on these ships. So. That's amazing. Yeah. In in the year 2021, having a great, well, I, you've had, you have a grand slam previously, but in the year 2021, getting a grand slam within the year, kind of difficult considering cruising didn't restart till August. <laughs> yes, definitely. And, you know, I know y'all were fortunate enough to have sailed on the dream just shortly after me. 
And then, you know, Brian, you were on the same sailing as me on the fantasy. And then you guys beat me to the magic class ships and sailed the wonder shortly before I got to experience the magic. So between, you know, the three of us, we have a lot of recent Disney cruising experience. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And and sadly, we booked a cruise on the magic, but it will be in January. So just past the end of the year, as much as I <laughs> tried, I everyone out there, sadly. I tried. I tried. Well, yes, that's true. He did, he did try and convince me to cancel our Aulani trip over Christmas to sail on the magic instead. Yeah, finally get that Marvel day at sea for gosh. Sake. I mean, Aulani is nice and all. You know, I've been there a few times, <laughs> but I hear you. I hear you, Ed. The problem is, is that, you know, when you've got like six Disney cruises already booked and you don't have any other vacations booked, you're kind of like, you know, it'd be really nice to take that trip to Alani just for a difference. Open your dictionary to first world problems. And that is the definition of it right there. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, for sure. The Alani is beautiful and nice. It's just I like to do more activities and stuff. You know, I'm not a pool person. So that's why I prefer the cruise. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, for sure. Well, Ed, let's dive into this uh, this cruise you did, took on the Magic. We're trying to focus in on some of the differences here. But let's start by, uh, it sailed out of Miami. Where did it go and how long was it? So it was a three-night sailing out of Miami. On the first day, we called in Nassau. And then on the second day, we called on Castaway Cay. All right. Okay. So two port stops. And how was capacity on board? Did you get any sense of the numbers of folks on the sailing? Yeah, so we were um, just over 1,400 people. Oh, okay, so about the same what we experienced on the Wonder. It was the most guests that I sailed with in 2021, because as you know, during those early restart phases on the Dream Class, there was a lot less people. And on those bigger ships, it feels even more empty. I mean, I, I still feel like we had, I think, between 1300 and 1400 on our on our sailing on the wonder and it's still you know it felt not empty but it definitely didn't feel full but that same amount or less on the dream and the or the fantasy will feel really empty because the ship's just bigger oh yeah no doubt the the fantasy was a ghost town you could walk you know around and there was nobody yeah, you wouldn't see anybody in the hallways almost except for the stateroom attendants. It was it was amazing. Well, let's let's start with the port experience because I think folks are well versed and we've talked a lot about Port Canaveral. We talked a little bit about our recent sailing and the experience in San Diego, which is which is really different than Port Canaveral. And what was the experience like for you in the Port of Miami and, you know, comparing that to Port Canaveral in terms of the process and, uh, you know, that sort of stuff? I'm not going to count the dream sailing because they did have different regulations and rules as far as requirements to sail back in August. I'm going to compare the fantasy to the magic here. The fantasy, we drove a personal car and we had to take the testing in the garage as is very common and whatnot. Here, we took an Uber to the port of Miami. We had an 11 a.m. port arrival time. We showed up around 1040. They let us in at 1045 into the terminal. There was not many people there at all at that time. So you go through security right away when you enter the terminal where you used to check in right there at those check-in counters. That's where you take your COVID test. They have a bunch of cubicles almost. I think there was like 10 or 11. Are they like curtained off? No. Oh, interesting. It's kind of private, but not really. So what it is, is like it's a tall cubicle that is maybe four feet away from the check-in counter and you stand in between the old check-in counter and that cubicle. 
there's a folding table with the consultant who is going to administer your test. You scan your Disney app onto their computer. They confirm you are who you say you are. And then you take your test and put it in a little bin that was on the check-in counter. Can I just ask one question? I assume you self-administer the swab. That's what it is at Port Canaveral and that's how it was yes. at San Diego. Okay. Self-administered, you know, but they watch you to make sure you do it properly. I do want to say they were a little bit not relaxed with it, but at Port Canaveral, the lady came up, made sure I did, you know, however many swabs in one side, however many swabs in the other side, and then snapped the thing into the tube. Then she went around and to the other person in my traveling party did them. Here, she kind of just gave us the stuff and said, you guys know what to do, right? <laughs> and so she watched us as we did it, but it wasn't as, you know, guided. So I don't know if that's her representative or just how they were trained to do it in Miami. I will say some people in my party did have to test in August and it was to get their results took forever. Whereas for the fantasy, we were one of the first through at around 11 a.m. into the garage. We had our results by 1140. And then here at the Magic, we had completed our tests by 1050. And then once you complete the test, you go upstairs to where, where Mickey Mouse used to do the meeting greets and whatnot. And that's where you wait. And they got um, large TV screens that your reservation number will pop up and it will say, proceed to terminal or to see a con consultant. And then they're playing like Mickey Mouse cartoons and whatnot <laughs> on those screens while you wait. But it's almost more stressful than when you're in the parking garage. <laughs> yeah, although I like that setup of not having, like, because I feel like having my phone in my hand hitting refresh, 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 like that's... That's always oh, I still did it. for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember what my reservation number was. I wonder if it would de-stress it if they had Mickey come, you know, come over like, hi, pal, if you're in stateroom 9510, you can proceed on to the ship. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it sounds like the Miami process is really similar to what we experienced in San Diego. And in San Diego, to be fair, there is no parking garage. So it's not like they could have you wait in a parking garage because there just isn't one there, right? The port's like right at the city. No matter how you traveled to the terminal, everybody went through the same exact testing process, which I personally think that the way Port Canaveral is is better because you're not in the terminal sitting with all these people, you know, for however long waiting for your results here. We all went through security and now we're all sitting in this waiting room waiting for our results. And now, you know, I don't have it. I'm clear to sail, but you had it and you were sitting two seats over from me waiting for the results and you're denied the board. What? says that in the 45 minutes an hour that we were sitting here that it possibly didn't you know that's a really good point and there are some people who are in the terminal or in the terminals i should say not properly wearing their masks we know masks are not foolproof anyway right it's not a hundred percent effectiveness of you know preventing infection and it's you know lower the more mask non-compliance you have. So the people whose masks are hanging off their nose, right? They're you know, not covering their nose at all, or just really, you know, or they're not fitted properly or whatever. So I think that's a good point um, at Port Canaveral, because if you drive, and a lot of people do, 
you're in your car in the parking garage, the only people that you are possibly infecting or reinfecting are people you already came with that you probably already would have reinfected one another. Yeah. The other big difference I'll just call out here on the satellite ports, I'll call it, versus Port Canaveral uh, is something that, Ed, you said at the beginning, which was you had an 11 a.m. and they let you in at 1045. We had an early port arrival one time, and I think on our first cruise, and they were like, uh, 10, you know, 1050, sorry, got a circle. They do seem to be opening these satellite ports up. I think even in San Diego, we saw people going in about 20 minutes early. So they're a little bit more relaxed, it feels like, on the port arrival times at these satellite ports. So just something to keep in mind. Definitely. About 30 minutes later, we passed our test. And we, thankfully, there wasn't a lot of people there when we were in the terminal because we were on the earlier side of things. But I did hear some people are sailing say that there was nowhere to sit and they were all standing, waiting around because they ran out of chairs and then it was taking over an hour to get test results. So I think that was just as the influx of people came along, they started to get swamped. Then after you do that, you go on into the next room where then you show your passport to the guy and he checked that we were who we were and wrote a little boarding card that says your group number, whatever. And then they put you into another waiting room for them to start calling groups. And then they called groups one to five at the same time, 1150. So we had to wait about 30 minutes or so, give or take, from when we were cleared to sail to when we were allowed to board the ship. It's interesting to hear the boarding cards are making a comeback, Sam. We might have to dust <laughs> off our old boarding group one card after all, because uh, we haven't seen those in the last several sailings yeah, that, they, uh, that I've been on. Yeah, we yeah. had a boarding group, but it was in, wasn't it on our like QR code? It was in our Apple, yeah, wallet. It was in our it was in our Apple wallet boarding pass. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We, we had a boarding group number and they did the same thing. They boarded first, I think they did in San Diego, I'm talking about. They did, I think it was boarding groups one and two, but then they quickly... I think, you know, increased it to three and four and then and on and on. I, I want to, you get on the ship, Ed, and one of the, a few of the key things that I wanted to talk about, one is you went to Nassau, the sailings that we have been on, we did stop in Ensenada, but we didn't get off on our last sailing, but our cruises out of Florida were both double dips at Castaway Key. So this is, you know, Disney starting to return to some normalcy by saying, we're not going to just only take the ships to Castaway. I know you got off in Nassau. And I'm just super curious what the experience was like getting off in port, especially a port that's typically pretty busy. It was a very busy day in Nassau. The Carnival Mardi Gras, the Allure of the Sea, the Celebrity Apex were all there as well. And we know Royal Caribbean and Carnival are sailing with a lot more passengers than most cruise lines. And those are both very big ships, the Allure of the Seas and the Carnival Mardi Gras. So the port definitely felt crowded. We didn't leave the proper port area. I did get off twice just to experience the process in a foreign port and kind of walk around the port and see the other ships and whatnot. So very similar to Castaway K. You open up your app at a certain time and it's like getting the rise of the resistance. You know, you got to refresh, refresh and then click join group. <laughs> Although Nassau is nowhere, Nassau is nowhere near as exciting as Rise of the Resistance. But yes, keep going. <laughs> but, but does the ride break down as much? You know, does it break down? <laughs> I mean, Nassau could be as exciting as Rise of the Resistance. It depends on what you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, DCL Duo fans, we just need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans to book all of our fabulous Disney vacations, cruise vacations, non-Disney vacations. We love, love, love Touring Plans travel. So if you are looking to book your next Disney vacation, you should head over there and check them out. They have a lot of experience and expertise. We love them because they're not out to sell you a product. They're out to make sure you have the best vacation experience possible. That has always been the Touring Plans ethos even before they got into the travel agency side of things. And so we love them. We use them all the time. So we know you'll have a great experience. Head over to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Let them know the DCL duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our bonus episode. But so then um, you get your boarding group. And then once the boarding groups opened, it was very swift. My number got called. I went straight from Rapunzel's Royal Table where I was having breakfast down to the gangway, and I was off with no issues. Now, I do know if you are traveling with unvaccinated guests, you have to take a Disney tour group. The cruise director was very you know, clear. If you're taking a Disney tour, you cannot take off your mask unless you're like going into snorkel, and you cannot leave the group at all, and then you must return directly to the ship. They were making it very clear that you had to stay in your tour group, you know, there was a lot of things that you could have done, but not as many as in the past, as far as tours offered. You know, there was no Atlantis tours. There was a fraction of Blue Lagoon tours compared to what there used to be. There wasn't as much as in the past. Now, may they return eventually? Yes. Right now, no. One thing I did notice some independent tour providers were doing on top of requiring people to wear masks, they were taking everybody's temperature and giving them a pump of hand sanitizer before they boarded one of those pirate catamaran boats or whatever right there on the port. At least tour providers are even being, you know, precautious. Well, two things that you said, Ed, that I wanted to highlight for folks, because I don't think we've talked about them before on the show. One is the getting a boarding pass kind of situation to get off the ship. One tip there as well is once your boarding group is called, you have a limited window to actually exit the ship or they put you sort of back in and you have to kind of get a new pass. Chad and I experienced that on the fantasy. Uh, We were sitting in cabanas having breakfast. Our boarding group got called. We finished breakfast. We got up and we realized our boarding pass had expired. (laughs) We had to get a new one. At Castaway? Yes, it was at Castaway because they had boarding they had boarding groups to exit the ship at Castaway on that sailing. I know we didn't we didn't have that on the dream, I know, but yeah, they well, had that's it on what the I was fantasy. gonna say. And, and when we were on the dream in August, while they had you were supposed to sign up for boarding groups, they weren't enforcing it at all because just the capacity was so low. And then the other thing is just this this idea of the bubble with the excursions. Uh, I'm glad to hear Disney reinforcing the message. Frankly, I think that that is 100% necessary on their part about mask wearing and not leaving the excursions. It harkens back to beginning of cruising. When MSC started cruising out of Italy, they did the same thing. They would say, you can get off the ship, but you have to stay in the bubble. Families wandered off. Families were not allowed to get back on. So uh, if you are taking one of these Disney excursions right now, don't decide to head into that shop across the street and rejoin the excursion because they will probably deny you boarding when you try to get back on. So. But as a as a vaccinated passenger, they gave uh, me and my traveling party no issues of disembarking the ship in Nassau. You know, it was just like a regular port call. The only thing is, you know, the security guard said, oh, please remember to wear your mask on the island. And then they also 
ask you to sanitize on the way off of the ship as well as on the way onto the ship. Right. If you're an adult only party, you're yeah, you're you're all vaccinated, at least on Disney Cruise Line. Um, And so, yeah, you have more freedom if you've got children in your party who are unvaccinated or maybe they're vaccinated or almost vaccinated now as we record this, um, then you have a little bit of a different uh, situation. Yeah. So, Ed, I wanted to ask kind of a a larger question since we talked about the ports, um, but just back on ship, as you mentioned up front, between the three of us, we've we've experienced sort of all of the ships at this point. And I noticed even between the sailing on the dream to the fantasy, the fantasy to the wonder, like things kind of have changed. They've evolved. The protocols seemed different. And I don't know if that meant that the protocols were being changed fleet wide or if maybe ship to ship, there was just a little bit of you know difference in how the protocols were getting implemented. Did you notice any big differences? I would say the dream and the magic were very similar as how they were handling the standard operating procedures set forth by Disney Cruise Line regarding these new safety regulations. And then the fantasy was a lot more strict. And you may have even noticed, like, on the fantasy, Mickey and Minnie didn't even stand next to each other, stayed social distance from each other. Whereas like, you know, they're, they're a traveling party, Mickey and Minnie, they, they came together, you know, like. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is hilarious. <laughs> but you're right. On the fantasy, Jack and Sally stayed a little ways away from each other. They didn't, you know, whereas here on the magic, Jack and Sally, you know, they popped up from below the stage and they were holding hands and then they were like next to each other. Like they were a little bit more relaxed on the dream. In the restrooms, there was social distancing as far as sinks and urinals were closed. On the fantasy and the magic, there was none of that. On the dream and the fantasy, the bars and lounges hit capacity every single time we went to one of them. Whereas here in the magic, the only thing that hit capacity was the Walt Disney Theater. Fathoms was pretty busy with bingo. I won't say it was packed, but there was a good amount of people and they weren't capping the capacity and stuff like that. And to be, and they had the same number of people on a smaller ship, right? I mean, that's, or maybe even more people on a smaller ship. There was more people on the Magic than there was either of my Dream Clash cruises. But now, one thing that I will say is, remember, the Magic has been doing this game the longest. Yes, adapting their policies to meet the CDC standards and, you know, get up to the speed with the American fleet, but they started a few months before the dream started and whatnot. So they are slightly more relaxed in the sense of, oh, we've been doing this for a while. We know what we're doing. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. You you know, the other question I have about the, uh, you mentioned the shore excursions were pretty reduced. I've also noticed that the activities on board remain pretty limited. You know, lots of trivia, but some of the other stuff not available. Did you... Did you experience that on board the Magic? Was it still feel like a fairly limited set of onboard activities? I would say the Magic felt the most like a cruise out of the three. The only thing that the Fantasy had over the Magic was all three theater shows, whereas the Magic, we only had dreams. But besides that, Magic felt the most like a cruise. Now, I don't know if it's because we also stopped at Nassau or if there was more people on it, so more social interaction. But there was never a time on the Magic where I was like, oh, what do I go do next? Whereas I feel like on the bigger ships, there was those downtimes where I was like, okay, I did this. Now what do I do? 
That's interesting about the stage show because they had, didn't they have Frozen up on the Magic when it was over in the UK? So they had um, the Frozen Deck Party, but they had Tangled in the theater as well. Yeah. And they were, I think, switching back and forth, right? So like the three night cruise would have like Tangled and then the four night cruise would have Believe or, or Dreams or whatever it was. So one thing that a lot of the cast members were saying is in the UK, they only needed to follow three feet social distance and 11 and under didn't need a mask indoors and stuff like that. So also they were allowed to put more people in the theater and stuff like that to get higher capacity to show more shows as well. Another, like, this was kind of funny and it was probably only for our sailing. The cereals were European. So instead of Frosted Flakes, it was Frosties. <laughs> instead of, you know, those little little butter balls that they put on the table, it was Irish gold butter. Ooh, Irish gold. That's good butter. It, it was so good. It's really Especially good butter. Especially with a fresh, warm Mickey waffle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're speaking my language, Ed. <laughs> It was a lot of little things, especially on the first night. I heard a lot of people complain because they ordered lemonade and they were brought Sprite because they call Sprite lemonade over in the United Kingdom. (laughs) They were still, you know, they were trying to clear out their stock, the food and drink from the United Kingdom sailings and then adapt and whatnot. Well, Ed, I want to rewind to something you said at the beginning. Let's let's uh, let's let's try to finish out the show on a bit more of an upbeat note. You mentioned the magic is your favorite ship. Why is, why is that? I think it's a lot of circumstance. I always wanted to go on the magic, you know, cause that's where it all started. And that's what made Disney cruise line what it is. And then my first sailing was 2017. We chose this specific sailing because we were going to port in Cozumel with the wonder. And so that was a really cool experience to get to see the magic and wonder together. And then my next sailing on the magic was out of my hometown in New York. Oh, that would be amazing. And it was the inaugural sailing to Bermuda. So it was really exciting, real busy, you know, sold out crowd. And we didn't sail away until about eight o'clock. So we got to see the skyline lit up and all the colors and everything. It was just a really cool experience. Then January 2020, it was the last cruise I got to take as a passenger, Marvel Day at Sea, and, you know, got to experience that. So I just think it was all circumstance. Tangled is my favorite Disney movie. It has heavy influence on that ship, as you know, with the restaurant and the theater show. It's just circumstance has led me to that ship always. So my favorite ship is the fantasy, but I wonder if I'm going to switch to the magic because I love, I also love Tangled Ed. So, um, and so we, I haven't seen the, I haven't, we haven't been to Rapunzel's Royal Table. I haven't seen the stage show of Tangled. So I'm like, I'm dying for those experiences because it's such a, an amazing film. It is a very different experience in Rapunzel's right now, as you probably have experienced with Tiana's. It's not how it used to be exactly, but it is still an amazing time. You know, you definitely want to uh, not miss that meal. And the same, like you said, the same with Tiana's. Tiana's, it's it's not exactly the same because in normal times, they bring all the kids up and kind of encourage you to join a second line marching around to the dining room together with the wait staff and the characters. And so that's not happening, but it's still 
there's still a second line parade. It's just the, you know, cast members and, and it, there's all this music and it's still like just super fun and interactive. So it's, it's different, but it's still amazing. Like in previous, you know, the thugs would come around to your tables before dinner and then Rapunzel would make her rounds to each table and then, you know, Flynn Rider. But now it's going back to the point where the characters don't leave the stage, of course, for their safety and our safety. But the atmosphere is slightly removed. But for what is the situation is, they're doing a great job. Well, if you'd asked me, I don't know, I can't say six months ago because we weren't sailing six months ago. Like, you know, a year and a half ago, what my favorite ship was, it would have been the fantasy. But I will say after this last cruise, I was really enamored with the wonder. I could see liking the magic if that space that the wonder has taken over for concierge is somehow available for regular guests. Um, so <laughs> I don't know, Ed, is the concierge lounge on the magic uh, take up all of that space near the adult pool area? So on the, I haven't been on the wonder since 2016. So I'm trying to, you know, mirror them in my head. So on the magic on the deck nine is the bar, the poolside bar for the adults only. And then on the right hand side is the Cove cafe stairs on deck 10 the whole right-hand side, like if you're looking at the bar, I guess that's the best way to describe it, is all public space. And only the left, so then the center below vibe is the indoor part. And then to the left is a small sun deck. I think it's like the smallest out of all the ships. Yeah, it there. Uh, there's the entire part that you described on that on that tenth deck is concierge on the wonder. So and and deck eleven above it. Yes, and part of deck eleven as well. Yeah, so it's 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 much bigger, I think, on the wonder. Whereas on the magic, everybody gets the benefit of part of that space at least. And I think it helps because the aqua dunk is right there. So they kind of couldn't take up that space because then there would have been nowhere for people to walk. That's good. That's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I may end up loving the magic for the aqua dunk as well. So, <laughs> well, Ed, as we wrap up here, what is next for you? Where are you headed next? I have a Royal Caribbean cruise, actually, my first coming up later this week aboard the brand new Odyssey of the Seas. And then... I will be radio silent as far as travel goes until May on my Mediterranean Disney cruise. Ooh, the Med is going to be amazing. We've heard such good things about the Mediterranean. We're, we're headed to Norway next year, but uh, at some point I really want to try out one of those uh, those Med cruises. But well, Ed, when you finish up, when you wrap up with Odyssey of the Seas, uh, feel free to reach back out. We always love having people on to uh, to let us know what their experience is on the other cruise lines and especially folks who have sailed Disney recently and are headed out on, you know, their first cruise on another cruise line, that scary moment of, is this going to be as fun as my Disney cruise was? <laughs> I have a feeling, I have a feeling Odyssey of the Seas is a lot to offer. So I'd, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts and reactions to it. You wrap up. Uh, I know that you've got uh, some various social media handles out there, Ed, if, uh, if folks wanted to follow along on your travels, where can they find you? So on Instagram, I am Ed Tomaselli, same on YouTube. And then on Twitter, it's, E underscore J underscore T underscore one underscore zero. I know that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll link to it in the show notes to make it easier for folks. But yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. And then I, as you know, I always post tons of updates and pictures of all my travels and all my work adventures because I'm very fortunate to travel a lot for work. So um, you will see tons of pictures. And I believe the content that I will be putting out soon uh, for work starting in January 
your fan base will really, really like. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. All right. We will definitely stay tuned. And I do encourage you to head over and follow uh, follow Ed's various uh, accounts. He's one of the positive contributors out there to the Disney community. And we always appreciate those. So, And he's an amazing photographer. Thank you. Thank you. Ed, thank you for coming on and sharing your experience with the magic. And we uh, we can't wait to have you back on sometime in the future. So thanks for coming on. Anytime. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed our bonus episode this week and hearing about Ed's experience aboard the Disney Magic now that she is back in service out of Miami, back to us, back home with us out of the UK. So great to hear from Ed. Look forward to having him on in the future. And I hope he has a fabulous sailing aboard the Odyssey of the Seas. That's a ship that we are really interested in experiencing uh, and can't wait to sail on her in the future. With that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. You can also head over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for even more great content, including a recent tour we did of the Rainforest Room on the Disney Wonder. So head over there and check that out. If you'd like to ask us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. We are looking for questions for that listener Q&A, ask me anything kind of show. So connect with us and get those questions in so we can answer them on the air for you. You can also connect with us on Facebook at the DCL Duo blog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to help support the show, you can also browse to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know that DCL Duo sent you. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there. The DCL Duo podcast and blog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.